I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey hey, hey, into... Hey, co- wait a minute. Do you, do you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Like that? Yes, of, yes, of, yes, we do IPAs. Okay. It's, okay. It, yes. Anyway, join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, po- hey, hey, do you... Have you guys ever... Do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima... Oh. Zima... Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! What up, y'all? Welcome to... I don't even know what episode this is. I think this will be number five. Episode five. See, we're we're all out of order because we recorded some that got messed up. Right. Sky Sky Point episode three, four, and five, version one. So, welcome to the Lost Lost Cause of Social Club. If you're new... What's good, y'all? Welcome. If you're old, thanks for coming back. If you're new, what up? This is... uh, some dudes talking about literally nothing and everything, and you'll figure out that that makes sense down the road. So we got the three amigos back in action. We got you, yeah. your, your, your your technical supervisor over here, our boy Larry. What up? Um, <laughs> we got we got fact ass Steve. Fact ass Steve do, in the building, baby. And every time I love it so much. <laughs> I'm not really sure what I do, but I'm Mill. Millie Vanilli. Yeah. No, they lip sync though, right? Uh, yeah, but they wore fucking hard-ass, like, spandex with braids and shit, and that is tight as fuck. I always mix up Millie Vanilli and salt and pepper. Fucking how? I don't know. Because I wasn't born yet. Okay, word, word. I was like, I think I was born when salt and pepper were like, like, whenever they got caught, that maybe they were got, whoever got caught lip syncing. Millie like Vanilli the, got caught lip syncing hard. Yeah, it was like the year I was born. Oh, well, fair enough. Okay, but don't you have, like, Pennywise shirts and shit? That's valid. <laughs> um, so... Asterix, was, subculture applicable. Yeah, I mean, fair. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a skate punk. I'm not a fucking, you know, MTV. 90s pop dude. Yeah. I mean, I kind of am, because of I'm like, You kids. are absolutely a 90s pop dude. <laughs> um... Well, today we're talking about all of the above because we're talking about movie soundtracks slash scores, to be fair. Sure, because some but, movies have scores and not soundtracks, and some scores are fucking fire. Sometimes I'd get both back in the day. Like, if a movie uh, had both. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, like Batman 89 had like the, the classical-ass score, and it yeah. had that full-ass soundtrack that was 100% Prince. I had, um, a, lot of the, uh, I had a lot of the John Williams scores. Uh, like I said in the chat today, John John Williams type beat. When, I had, uh, yep, that's so sick too. Say mainly like the Star Wars trilogy. Uh, they'd come in like the two disc sets that like to open up. Yeah, yeah. So sick. I think that um, is cool. I think people today who are either a bit younger or maybe didn't get into music uh, at the same time, 
don't may not know how popular soundtracks were like in the stores like how they sold oh absolutely like in the 90s and 2000s i can't really like recall back to that because i wasn't alive but uh during the 90s and 2000s like if a movie was big in the theater like you saw the soundtrack at like everywhere like at target or a record store or anywhere well well, and it was like kids movies pg-13 stuff rated r stuff um Direct to video, well, no, no, I guess not direct, but like they would come out when the out, like the soundtracks would come out even before the movie came out in the theater. Absolutely. Like, and there would be songs that maybe didn't make the movie, but they would still put them on there. Like, they were like their own entity. It was crazy. Dude, there's some soundtracks that hold the fuck up, and I still listen to them. Oh, yeah, same. I think it's funny because, like, as a kid, I had a lot of the movies that I liked that had the soundtracks for them. Sure. Like any, name any, you know, movie that I was into as a kid. And then as you get older, you start buying them for other things. And they kind of just got phased out. And now I'm just kind of like, oh, that's weird. It is kind of strange, but it's just a different time. Like, I'm sure now you could probably find a movie soundtrack as like a Spotify playlist on a link somewhere. Well, you know what bums me out is sometimes they have the actual soundtrack, but they they aren't allowed, like they don't have the rights to every song. Yeah, that's valid. That adds up. And then it's like, I don't mind buying music whatsoever, but if you're buying a CD for one song and it's from 1997 and it's hard to find, it's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, you might as well go on YouTube and download the MP3 or whatever. But sure. um, just, I mean, just for one song. But uh, yeah, they were they were definitely very popular. I mean, they used to have the movie um, soundtrack posters up like at Coconuts Music. Oh, absolutely, they did. That's sick. Like, like you think, like, a movie I remember from that time period is, like, Austin Powers. And, like, they would have all those soundtracks. But, like, the movie, it would be, like, soundtracks out this date, movies in theater two weeks later. You know, it's not like it's going along. It's crazy how it was, like, its own thing. And people were buying them. Definitely. So, I mean, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting point. Plus, you find a lot of music you like from movies, I feel like. That's uh, that's a really 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 good point, because so. like a movie soundtrack is like in a sense like it's a comp, where yeah. you can find bands that you never listened to before. Yeah, or like depending on the movie too. A lot of times, maybe a lot of the music you have heard, but you might find one or two artists that that sound like that that you like. I used to find some bands from the American Pie soundtracks. Oh, like Left Front Tire. Yeah, because, like, they would have, like, every band I loved, like, Blink and Newfound and Good Charlotte and Sum 41 and Simple Plan and so on and so forth. And then it's, like, Jettingham, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I remember, I think it was the American Pie 2 soundtrack, maybe. I was in, like, 6th or 7th grade, and my sister had it on CD, and that Left Front Tire song was on there, and I had never heard of them. And, like, she was listening to it in a room, and I came in, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? This is sick, because it was just like this... Late 90s, early 2000s, like, TRL core kind of shout-off in McKinty pop-punk thing. Yeah. It's like some Dickie Shorts-ass pop-punk. I was like, yo, I'm fucking into this. This is the only thing I give a shit about. And uh, I can't really recall if they ever did much else, but that's a great song. There's there's some bands, too, that's a bummer, because you're like, oh, I love this. And then you check out their album, and they might have one record, and then you're like, well, that's it. Sure. But, you know, I mean, it's worth it's always worth a shot. And then Steve was talking about getting the scores. I mean, those are kind of their own thing. Absolutely, because the yeah. score is more like just a composition rather than a compilation of 
songs that may sort of fit to a story timeline of a movie. Yeah, it get and it can get really confusing because uh, a lot of movies have both. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, this isn't necessarily pertaining to movies, but uh, as far as like actually like putting soundtracks on uh, for like more like a lot of cinematic video games actually have like insane scores now. So, oh sure, uh, sure. Like Red uh, Dead and shit. The Red Dead one's great. I uh, find my, I always listen to like the Dark Souls ones and uh, like the God of War from soundtrack from a few years ago. It's just like insane orchestral music. So if uh, if I just feel like putting it on, I would say like meditating, but I don't really meditate, and I should more ruminating, I guess. Well, I've uh, never like fucked around with meditating before, but sometimes I think like maybe I could try it. Also, I don't have the fucking attention span to do that. I would end up like. Scrolling YouTube and finding a video of like Andrew Reynolds ollieing a bunch of stairs. I'm like, this is tight. I'm gonna watch this instead. Do um, uh try like a sleep one when you're taking melatonin. Yeah, like uh, it's a good way to start. I can only take melatonin if I know I don't have to work the next day. Yeah, because if I take melatonin, I'm not gonna fucking wake up. Take it on a weekend and word like, fall asleep listening to like a sleep meditation. And sometimes it'll only be 12 or 15 minutes. You take out your AirPods right when it's done. You'll pass out. There's like an insane one uh, on this app called Budify, and it's like all that's clever as hell. Yeah, and uh, there's one. It's like a sleep one where you essentially are like, you're aware that you're like, f- like that the bed's supporting you and shit, and then you feel like you're floating. Yeah, dude, it's 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 sick. So shout out Budify. We are not. If you're course. if you're uh, you got the link to this episode on Facebook and you have some like weird sleep remedy things that you fuck with, leave it in the comments so I can check it out because I don't sleep ever and it's a big issue. But yeah, um, pretty uh, to get back on topic, I pretty much throw on those soundtracks when I'm like brooding because it's like just good orchestral I, music. I, I, I think word, word. Steve, Steve bringing up video games. You know, back in the day, it would have been really rad if they would have sold soundtracks like for Tony Hawk. Those would have went Dude, platinum. Um, they could press the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtracks on vinyl, and they oh. could press like literally fifty thousand copies, and they would sell the fuck out the day they dropped them. There's actually one series I do have to shout out because that was a soundtrack technically that got like that exposed so much shit to me. Uh, was the Grand Theft Auto soundtracks because of the radio stations? Word, I remember this actually. Like that's the first time I ever heard like Alice in Chains, Faith No More. Um, or like the like West Coast hip hop, like all from. And you guys are like, you guys are big into Faith No More, right? Yeah, yeah. Shout out Mike Patton. Shout out Mike Patton. The I, the Dillinger think, shit think, with Mike Patton is my favorite Dillinger shit. I think I actually got into Faith No More because of a Tony Hawk game. I heard Midlife Crisis on San Andreas for the first time. That's just me. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying like that shows you how widespread um, game music helps video game soundtracks is like that's i feel like a blah blah without like stumbling everywhere um the main topic of this was like movie soundtracks but i feel like video game soundtracks are just as significant as movie soundtracks especially nowadays i think the more cinematic stuff I think soundtracks and comps in general, because when we were growing up, right when music, um, before it went digital, you know, when movie soundtracks were huge, what else was big was they were doing all those like now CDs. Like they came out in like 98 or so, 99. Oh, sure. The first now came out then they still make those. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, and now they're on like what like now like 275 or whatever, like the numbers high as fuck. Yeah, but they're not good now. 
Now, now, our, now the next one's gonna have WAP on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably, but I think like when the first, I had the first one when it came out, and first, I think I had the first three or four, and um, the first one. You know, they were doing, like, a lot of NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears. But then, like, by the third one, like, Blink was on it. And, like, sure. Fastball's on one of them. Like, they were... Because that's the time period where some of that music was leaking into the mainstream. But, I mean, those are a weird thing because they were almost just kind of a soundtrack to an era. Fact SD, find out what's on the first Now CD. I have it somewhere. <laughs> I absolutely believe that. Do you guys remember the commercials where it's like, now that's what I call music? I absolutely do. Now that's what I call WAP. <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> Dude, like me and Steve were talking about that today and I'm just like I haven't listened to the song yet and I'm like It's Why fucking even... hard. It's really good. <laughs> I mean, but, Car- but all of Cardi B's music at face value is fun, but it's just kind of like not actual substance. Well, uh I don't know. I feel like depending on the listener, they might not like find any substance, but like there's Probably a lot of people who hear that like, yeah, fucking sick. And that's tight. Like, I would imagine being like a strong-ass woman and hearing that song and being like, yeah, fuck you. This is awesome. I am I can back the shit out of that. That's a tight-ass song. I mean, that's fair, but like, I haven't listened to it, so I can't really comment. But I just mean like Cardi B and that kind of music in general. It's like, it's not that it's bad or anything. It's just to me, I found it to be more of like fun stuff. It's definitely more fun than... This, I'm sorry, Anything. guys. This took me so long to find because I like looked up. That's what I call music, and it took me to like a fucking like. It, it was like Webster's about like because this is in so many different countries. So I'm like, okay, let me look up number one, and then it took me to the that's what I call music. That's just number one hits, and so I'm like, I just want the damn first album. I got it right here though. Do you want the whole track list? Um, kinda. <laughs> All right. We're How many go tracks the is track it? List, and then uh, seventeen. I'll just go through them real quick. Oh yeah, that's not bad. I'll take like a little bit. I don't even think I have to name the artists. Like you guys, sh- if, if if I I'll do it at my discretion. But I do have a story about uh, I heard WAP for the first time last night, and uh, I actually heard the edited version first, and I was so confused. <laughs> Because in the video, they put the clean version, and I'm just like, I don't, oh, wait. Like, what the fuck the, is this song about? And then I heard the real version, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but uh, that actually is the whole story. When somebody's being a dickhead, I'm going to start calling them, hey, you're a WAP. Fair enough. Here we go. This episode is so awesome. Uh, together again, Janet Jackson. Fuck Sick. yeah. Sick. That's strong open, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you love me, Backstreet Boys. Classic. Sick. The Way by Fastball. Classic. Shout out Johnny Tsunam. <laughs> Flagpole Sitta. <laughs> right shout out, shout out. Uh, Spineless Heartless covered that. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. Uh, Say you'll be there by Spice Girls. Okay. Uh, word, dude. All, what a fucking cop so far. <laughs> all my life by KC and JoJo. Uh, which the way I like want to run around my room because I'm so hyped on this. The soundtrack. way KC spelled there is really jarring but all right uh what is it just k c it's like, like k, letters k dash c i oh like that, high, is like that high, accurate it looks like high c yeah but it's k dash c that's the wikipedia oh like. shout out ecto cooler um <laughs> never ever by all saints banger if you could only see by tonic oh banger that's 90s 90s satellite radio uh just in mm. rotation all the time we got, we got Umbop. 
of course. Classic. The goat. The, the suit, actual goat. Zoot Suit Riot by also Cherry, a goat. Cherry Poppin' Daddies. My God. Really uncomfortable name. Yeah, I never thought I'd say that before. Man. Goes hand in hand with WAP. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of... This, this, has got, this has become a very... Uh, dis, uh, Adult. Viewer's discretion is advised for this one. Viewers, listeners, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Okay. Uh, Shorty, <laughs> You Keep Playing With My Mind by Imagine. That Any, doesn't come to mind. Anytime by Brian McKnight. Yo, okay. Barbie Girl by Aqua. <laughs> also a goat. Karma Police by Radiohead. That's tight. Honest to yeah. God, that's on there? That's so sick. <laughs> uh, that's actually really good. I Will Buy You a New Life by Everclear. Yeah. Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. Sex and also, Candy. Also, yeah. Sex so, and Candy for real? Yeah. Dude, that's a fucking like. And, I, and what year? What's the release date? October 98? 27th, 1998. So I got that when I was six. Um, if some, if I was at a party and someone like put on like a, a Spotify playlist that they curated themselves and it was just that, I would not be remotely upset. Like, yo, this party is fucking dope. There, there's a couple of those weird like post grunge like tonic and stuff, but I feel like they put in the fastballs like kind of like a ska punkish type band. But I feel like they put on Radiohead. They're like, we need to get the nerds to buy this. I fu- I can't fucking believe that Radiohead is on that. It's so cool. That's so insane. And, uh, according it, 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 it I mean, peaked it peaked on the Billboard 200 at 10, which is that's so sick for just a like a current greatest hits. Can you can you imagine someone buying that CD and be like, oh, there's Spice Girls and Radiohead? Like I have to buy this, and that's like awesome. The right only now. people I could imagine saying that is. Me or you. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so tight. <laughs> it is so tight. Um, okay, so like movie soundtracks. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your your number one absolute favorite movie soundtrack? Oh, that's easy. It's The Wedding Singer. Same. That's kind of just like the... the Word. Is, I, al- uh, I also like... I kind of feel like that doesn't count because it's such a powerful entity on its own. Do you want to know... Why though? Absolutely, because that movie means more to me than anything. Well, this, I was really thinking about it today because I was like, "Oh, what other movies have like banging soundtracks?" Right? Because I have examples of some that have like one or two great songs. Right? Because sometimes soundtracks are, on movies are only like ten songs. Right? Sure. Have, if that. This one basically was like, okay, all the John Hughes movies from the eighties will have like those one or two songs. Right. Let's sure. just make a soundtrack of that. So the whole Word. thing is just like 80s bangers, like through and through. Plus, like, he sings so much in the movie that they have so many extra songs because of those scenes. It has, and, dude, it has and, like, two the songs that he wrote for that movie, like the songs awesome. he wrote, phenomenal songs. To it has me, two soundtracks. To me, what's, Does it? Yeah. What's amazing it's about one, that? It's like, one, like, songs from the movie, like... Well, that's that it's just, makes sense. It's just, it's just volume one and volume two. Go ahead, Mill. What I was just gonna say, what I think benefits that movie is, it's a movie about 1985 made in 1997. So they have these this like kind of retrospect where they can go, okay, we have to put this. We know it's cheesy. That's the point. Or, oh, this is a great song. Because like in 1985, if you look at movie soundtracks, I'm sure there's some great music, but like there's probably a lot where half of it's real dated and not good. Oh, incredibly. And that whole thing I mean, some good. 80s music holds up really, really well, and it's still awesome today, but some of it, you hear it, and you're like, oh, this is from the fucking 80s, and I don't care about it. 
Yeah. But uh, what's it's on the Wedding Singer soundtrack. Um, Every Day I Write the Book by Elvis Costello is such a phenomenal song. Oh, uh, dude, there's so many. What the hell are you doing? Oh, Steve's taking a time out. Okay. Um, sorry, my dad's probably calling him, and he's whatever. We'll we'll stop and we'll jump back on that. We'll edit this. All right, you want to stop recording? Well, we'll just do another yo when he comes back. Oh well, here he is. We don't even need to do a yo. It's gonna be like fifteen seconds of us, but what do we do? And it's fine. <coughs> yeah, we should edit this now. It's just dead, dead ass quiet. <laughs> we'll just yeah, just cut that part out, okay? I got you. Where am I? One. I hope that didn't. I hope the mic didn't pick that up. Sorry. Dude, we'll cut it's it all right. out. It's it's your. It's your uh, headphones mic. It's not your vocal mic. It won't, it won't matter. And plus, we can chop it. It's all digital. The future is super tight. No, it's fine. It's just like he was calling me earlier, too. And I was like, yo, like, we're... All right. You want to one, two, three, yo, real quick to tighten it up? Yeah. Yeah. Right, one. Well, stop recording. So. Two. Three. Three. Yo. yo. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, I think that the, the Wedding Singer soundtrack is the benefit of looking at the songs from from that like and it's not even like doing it now where 80s is super retro it was only 12 years well yeah because the wedding singer now is fucking 23 23 years old it's as old as fucking steve yeah i think it's uh it's like exactly i think the wedding singer uh came out two days after steve turned one one day one day the The wedding singer 13 as a movie is it's in my top five favorite movies of all time Maybe Same. fucking top three, honestly. It's I fucking love that movie so much. And when you think of like the late '90s Adam Sandler movies, a lot of them that like these cult movies that everyone loves, like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. I don't fucking like those movies. Oh, see, I I do, and you're we wrong, love them. Yeah, um, yeah. You're wrong. I mean, I can I can watch them, Here's and why. I'm not gonna be like oh, this is a bad movie. But it's like the Wedding Singer and Big Daddy to me are. Infinitely better than both Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison by huge I'll, landslides. I'll give you, I'll give you Billy Madison. I'm not giving you Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore to me is one of his most underrated movies. Word, but, like, the, not, but I, I get, I get what you're saying though. But it's almost different types of humor. It absolutely is. It's, it's those still Adam Sandler. Like, the Adam Sandler, like, like goofy ass, weird early '90s Adam Sandler, and it's, 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 it's dated. But for the time, it's funny. Sure, I get it. But also, one of his early movies is Airheads, and that's one of my favorite movies ever, too, which also has a banging-ass soundtrack. It's got the fucking replacements on it. Yeah, the thing about Airheads, though, is I don't know if it really is in the same conversation with those movies. Not because it's not a good it's movie. It's not? No, 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 but, but it because sh- he's, It should be. Well, no, I think it shouldn't be because I'm saying he's not the focus of that movie. No, because Brendan, Brendan Fraser's Fraser the star of that movie, yeah. and, which and is he's... weird because Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler are infinitely bigger stars than fucking... Brendan Fraser. Well, they're like different worlds. Like, Brendan Fraser didn't really do a lot of movies like that. True. Brendan Fraser did a lot of shit fucking movies. But my point being is just like... Because I like the soundtracks of those other... Look, I like all of them. I'm not going to argue about it. But my thing is like with The Wedding Singers, I think it's a unique perspective. Um, like kind of perspective shot back at that time period. Because all his other movies, like they take place in the time period that they came out. 
So he always puts older. Absolutely. He always puts older music, like in Big Daddy when they're listening to Sticks or whatever. But like, it's not like oh, like oh you know, yeah. But Big Daddy takes place in 1999 when it came out because there's no the time the time period is actually important to that movie because when they talk about them being in Toronto and that's when his friend got the girl pregnant. For the World Series, it's because the Blue Jays went back to back in 92, 93, Julian 6, 92, 93, 99 is about a six year old kid. So the timeline's important. That's why I fucking love that you're on this show. Yeah, no, 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 but like, I know not a lot of people are into sports, but like, the whole thing of us being out in Canada partying. Cause no, back everyone's then, into you, sports. No, no, but not nobody fucking knows that the Toronto Blue Jays won back-to-back World Series in 92-93 when Joe Carter hit the fucking walk-off home run in ninth inning. But, look, I do because I'm an idiot. But the fact is, the idea in that time period, because I, I, I have family in Canada, we used to go a lot, you didn't need a passport back then to go right. to Canada. So they would go up there and drink, and drinking age was... Also, 13, like 19. No, like I remember going there before I was 21 and being able to order drinks. Yeah, drinking age is 19. Uh, they might have, I think they actually might have made it 21 now. But, but point being, it's just like that's actually important in its own way to the plot, but it's not like, um, not what people remember. It's just a timeline thing, but like it doesn't matter for the music. They're just gonna play like that. That fucking movie has the, the like Cheryl Crow Guns N' Roses cover. It actually is 19. 18 in certain provinces. Fair. Still today? Yeah. Fact ass Steve in the building. I would, say, I would say let's go, but I'm about to turn 28, so. The borders are fucking closed, dude. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, I mean, I feel like as Americans, if we tried to go anywhere, I'd be like, are you guys fucking kidding me? You're not coming in here. I'm like, I, I understand. I'm sorry. I tried. I'll see you. Um, Understandable. Have a nice day. Not, not to move <laughs> away from, because Adam Sandler movies have a ton of amazing soundtracks. Because even, even if you're not into the movie, like, okay, you might not be super into, like, Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison, but when you look at this, like, Happy Gilmore soundtrack is nuts, okay? We talked about Tuesday Gone really last good. episode. Yeah, was it, like, Endless Love or whatever is on that one and all that yeah, shit? Yeah, friends listen to Endless Love in the dark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I, my other movie that answers, and Steve, Steve kind of said that one, is uh, Back to the Future. Word. Because Back to the Future has an amazing score and soundtrack, but that movie made me want to like play guitar, basically. Absolutely. So like you know, it's got Johnny B. Good and it has all that uh, Huey Lewis and the News stuff, which is incredible. I fuck with Huey Lewis, heavy. Yeah, and then they have like you know the Mr. Sandman that goes back into the 50s and stuff. So that that soundtrack's incredible, but it's also, like, I'm biased because that's one of my favorite movies. No, but it's cool because that movie can, because of what it is, it the soundtrack can cover, like, decades of culture. It's so fucking good. I kind of wish... Well, no, I don't. Never mind. Because I was going to say I wish they kind of would, like, reboot it and do a modern version just for a soundtrack alone but no it would be trash so fuck that everything modern sucks <laughs> yeah i saw on twitter today it's like uh True. fresh prince of bel-air is getting rebooted as a drama and i'm just like no why as a drama i mean i get but, that will smith doesn't age but don't do that Ah, uh, it might be like super socially racially conscious and it might be kind of tight 
that would be understandable, but I'm like, why just not make a new But the problem IP? is the problem is that's an important thing to do and I don't think most people who are going to want to watch it care about that. Unfortunately, they're going to want nostalgia. So it's like not maybe, maybe not the best engine for that. You know what I'm saying? No, it's just going to get fucking shit on by a bunch of brads and it's going to suck. Or anything that gets rebooted, there's always people who are into it. I mean, there's stuff that's gotten rebooted that I was happy they did for here and there, but I think like uh that you 90s sitcoms you can't do that with they're just not like uh like fuller house well, fucking sucks ass it, but also shout out stephanie tanner's giant boobs yeah dude it's aw- they're awesome <laughs> um they're insanely huge that's the star of the damn show it's not that little fucking kid that says holy chalupas all the time because that's not funny but Stephanie it's, Tanner's it's, huge boobs are dope. Stephanie Tanner's holy chalupas. Um, <laughs> that, but that's a different. Like to me, that's almost not even a reboot. It's just kind of like a continuation. Okay, word. And here's that's fair. Here's my thing with Full House. Full House is like a, just a nostalgia thing because if you actually watch Full House, it sucks. Yeah, but we all love yeah, it. That's true. We all love it because we grew up and it was on. But like, yeah, I'm but to me, like. Step by Step's not a tight show, but I fuck with it heavy. There's a few 90s sitcoms that I watch and I think are good, and they're probably not good, but, like, there's only a handful. Like, Home Improvement is still sick. Like, That's like, so ridiculous. <laughs> so tight. <laughs> why, Dude, I, why is half the dialogue of that show is fu- some fucking racist guy grunting? And, well, no, no, but then remember when his son's, like, goth? For that... Yeah. <laughs> like that... <laughs> It's so sick. Speaking um, of soundtracks of uh, yeah, let's do that. Game the last night. Shout Yo, out, yeah. Shout out the sound, uh, the theme. So, song so, so the reason I tweeted that that the home improvement song is sick and everyone liked it is last night one of the goalies the the skate blade kept coming out of his skate, so he had to go to the bench and they had like a timeout where they were repairing his like ice skate and putting the blade back in and so the PA was trolling them and they played the home improvement theme song over the PA at the game. <laughs> Dude, shout out whoever did that. That's the that's fucking like some like Pulitzer Prize type shit. Fucking yo, but shout out Richard Karn. <laughs> Cause Al was Who's like that? Al from Home Improvement. That's his real name? Yeah. Oh doing, yeah, for sure. The, the shout family, out Richard Karn the for like Feud guy. Um, yeah, he was on Family Feud. Like too. stylizing melodic hardcore emotional guys. Flannel and just <laughs> weird hair. Flannel and like long hair and beards. Al was grunge. Shout out that guy for making uh, um, a whole culture. There's a uh, early episode of Home Improvement, and like you know how um, that show started around '91, and you know how they have like the live studio audience, not the real one, but the one for his like for Tool Time. Yes. Well, there's a dude in the front row of that in the first or second episode wearing a Nirvana Sliver T-shirt. It's really sick, dude. Tight. But yeah, I just like that when his son Mark becomes goth. That's all. <clears throat> I remember the episode where JTT had cancer and they, he like let him skip school and take him to the arcade. That was a big ass deal. That the 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 craziest. This is getting off topic, but I'm just gonna run with this real quick. Um, the every nineties every nineties show had an episode where one of the kids smoked pot and it was like the fucking end of the world. It was the oldest kid on Home Improvement. Yeah. He was going to get it off the porch and they caught him. And that's when the youngest kid had that fuchsia fuchsia ass goth hair. And they were like, it's fucking fine. One of our other kids is doing drugs. Let him have his hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, which is so funny. But every every 90s show had one about, uh, about weed. 
We will Club, absolutely we'll do, do an do episode a, of 90 sitcoms. We'll have to do a 90 sitcom episode for sure. But uh, check that out next week. <laughs> we could have a whole we could have a whole episode on theme songs as well. I think I kind of took that. I th- we could place. we could cover theme songs and 90 sitcoms in one episode. And uh, I'm not doing anything after work tomorrow, so we might do it then. <laughs> Fair enough. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, going back um, to soundtracks. back to movie soundtracks. Yeah, um, well, one of my absolute favorites is the Clueless soundtrack. Shout out! I have that on DVD. I need to get the CD for the soundtrack, dude. Th- that's the way it's meant to be heard. Yeah, it's on CD. But dude, there's some the CD player songs on play there. CDs. <laughs> it's a Sorry. CD player. Dude, no, Glenn is such CD. a fucking piece of shit. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Cl- and like, I see him like the guy that plays Glenn in other like other things. Yeah, and I see like, it, I'm like, oh, no matter what it is, I'm like, dude, fuck you, yeah, I don't a, like you. He's an asshole, but yo, fucking Clueless, in the actual movie when they're at that dance, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones are playing, like, in it's the movie. It's real-ass Boss Tones, and it's like, they're playing, like, the best Boss Tone songs. They're, you know, and the, well, the movie came out in 95, so it's all early stuff. Not early, early, but, like, middle of the career, because they were starting Mid-early, 80s. Like, like, 30% into Boston's career, Boston's like more, songs. More like, more of, like, when they became, like, the ska band. Shout out, Boston's, dude. It's what just funny, because they're at some small, I don't remember if it's, like, a high school dance. They're just, like, a, lo- a, a college loft party. They're, like, at a and club, the though. Boston's are there? Because remember the her, like, date goes to, like, there's, like, a bar. And he's like, I'm gonna go get a drink or something. Not, like, a drinking bar. Like, they might just have, like, sodas or whatever but like he goes to the bar he's like cash me a fin i'll pay you back and then he goes to the bar and he's like he's like hitting on the bartender and pushing all these chicks away because your man christian is a cake boy (laughs) but it's funny because she at least silverstone like yeah she's rich but she just has like a dress on just oh here's money out of nowhere and this dude's like like you don't have a dollar bro yeah, I mean, it's like fucking like rich LA kids. I'm like, you need five dollars to like, and also like, you're in fucking high school and you're just going to the bar to buy a beer like it ain't shit. And Paul Rudd's there talking to the janitor. <laughs> Shout out Paul Rudd, he's the sickest. I'll uh, I'll use Paul Rudd to segue into the perks of being a wallflower soundtrack. Word that. So I saw that. Uh, like, so I saw the wedding singer as a kid. But I really didn't like revisit it until 2015, um, and then like a couple months after that, I, I saw Perks of Being the Wallflower for the first time, and those two movies got me into the Smiths, which essentially I hold the Wedding Singer soundtrack into getting me into New Wave. So uh, that happened, which the Smiths are cool, but fuck Morrissey. I have a really, really, really like conflicting issue with this whole thing because like. The Smiths are such a phenomenal, influential, amazing band. And Morrissey is such a giant, giant piece of shit. And it really bums me out. Same. That's life these days, finding out everyone's a piece of shit. It sucks. I mean, I I would rather know that an artist that I'm into is a piece of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, it it sucks because I have to limit the things that I can take in creatively. But uh, it's it's a real slippery it's a, it's slope. A, it's we a could bummer. almost do a whole episode on canceled artists. canceled artists. Yo, but like can well, I, we said it at the same time. Nice. Can I throw out a side note real quick before I forget? Yeah. Can we schedule an episode for Paul Rudd movies? 
Yes. Can we have a whole side podcast about Paul Rudd and how he hasn't aged at all? Also, shout out Jim Adkins. The most, (laughs) oh yeah, the most related, relatable thing I've ever seen in my life is, I think it's a Knocked Up, I think, I can't remember which God, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. When he has, is it that the one where he has the fantasy baseball draft? Yes. And the wife thinks he's cheating on him, and they're yeah. all these all these. I like, like Spider Man. And yeah, it's all these grown that. men in baseball jerseys with laptops, and I'm like, God, that's me. She's like, ah, I got Matt Suey. So yeah, <laughs> I love Knocked Up so much. Yeah, uh, he he was a teacher in, in Perks of Being a Wallflower, and it was that uh. Oh, Catherine Heigl, shout out, Wish Upon a Star. Asleep. Uh, Yo, in Dcom. Asleep was in that movie, and I was just like, but that opened up like. 80s pop for me as well so now while i'm like fuck morrissey i'm like i'll gladly take tears for fears or echo and the bunny men etc tears for fears is sick so is echo yep bring on the dancing horses like it sucks that like um bands like joy division and shit are i guess more acceptable culturally than the smiths are just because no one in uh, in those bands are trash bags that we know yeah, of. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, yo, like, uh, yeah, that we know of. I don't but got like, anything. Dude, I don't got anything against Johnny Marr. It's just like, fuck oh, Morrissey. No. There's a video I actually watched it last night. This is completely off topic. There's a video of Johnny Marr playing at Glasgow last year with the Killers, <laughs> and they cover this charming man, and it's like just Johnny Marr playing guitar, but the Killers playing and Brandon Flowers singing. And it's fucking incredible. I feel like the Killers are probably on like a hundred soundtracks from like the mid two thousands. I honestly believe that the Killers are one of the bands from the two thousands that are without a doubt going to end up in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, because they are such a f- great fucking band. Do you remember the TV show The OC? Yes. And they used to have like a club where kids would go, but there'd be bands playing. Mm-hmm. They had the Killers like right before they got famous. And they're like, oh, let's go see this cool like indie band called The Killers. And it's like in a 200 cap room. And then like right after that, The Killers were the biggest fucking band in the world singing all like the only songs anybody knows are from that one record. Which is a shame because they have, they never stopped putting out records since then. And that was 20 years ago. And all of their records are really good. That's fair, but I mean, also, like, nobody, no, like, I feel like regular, like, normie culture, people don't, like, buy records anymore, so they just know the singles. Yeah, sure. Like, if you want to do a cover band for people for our generation, you have to just, like, play a bunch of songs, like, every song from a band you You have like, to play now CDs. Well, yeah, but, like, it's, like, every song that fr- from a band you like that you're tired of. Like, All the Small Things and fucking... And, like, Sugar, We're Going Down. Yeah. And like Mr. Brightside and fucking I'm not okay. Yeah, and fucking I'm the list goes on. Yeah, but we could fucking we could start that band and go play at Buddy and Pals and make a thousand dollars. No, we're we're starting a cover band where we just do blink because then we don't have to be good. Word it's, and I'm not, so that's perfect. It's more authentic. <laughs> Anyways, Absolutely. I'm sorry, we'll get back on, on topic. Uh, you said so the cool oh. what? No, you go. Sorry. Well, the coolest soundtrack is, like, with, like, the lightning seeds and, like, Mullethead by the Beastie Boys and shit. Like, that's probably my favorite movie soundtrack. But also, like, 
down the road, like in that same time period, like the late nineties teen movies, like uh, like Can't Hardly Wait and Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah, all that shit. All those soundtracks are fantastic. Oh, shout shout out fucking uh, what's her name too, Melissa Joan Hart. Yo, in, yeah, in, in in her fine prime. What's she doing now? She's a mom. I follow her on Instagram. She's like directs uh, stuff now. She's like a director. Word, word. That's tight. Um, I uh, she had a Sabrina reunion last year, and she was posting the pictures with everybody. And I was like, damn, like they're all old and like fucking shout out Harvey. Yes, Harvey. Melissa Joan yes, Hart wasn't Harvey. in Sabrina, was she? Yeah. Melissa Joan Hart. Who she am was- I thinking of? Uh, she was uh, she was Clarissa explains it all, and then she was Sabrina, but then she was in the one movie. Oh my God, she wasn't Karen Holloway. She was in Knowing Yearbook Chick. Yeah, she was the no, she was like was wait, it wasn't not in Can't Hardly Wait. There's another one from that era that she was in, like the star, the one where she like was gonna date the neighbor boy, like pretend, and then they actually like hooked up. Drive me crazy. Yeah, with the yeah, and then they use the Britney with Spears the guy song. that he looks like the drummer from Angels and Airwaves. Yeah, yeah, with the medium length like black hair, yeah. like that curly ass hair. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Yeah, you remember? Okay, that movie? yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. hardly wait. Uh, fun fact about that: Mark Hoppus watched that, and then right after he wrote "Going Away to College." Oh my god, that makes that song so much better. Yeah, so that's that's, what, uh, that's honestly that's in my top like three Blink songs of all time. Same, and shout out Seth Green. Shout out Seth Green. Dude, he has some fire-ass lines in that movie. Yo, you know, like, there's a dude in uh, American Pie who has, like, the same... He has the red, spiky hair, Seth Green haircut, and he's, like, an annoying dude at the party. I can't Sherman? remember. Sherman? Maybe it is Sherman. He's, like, diet... He steals all the shit? Yeah, he's, like, diet Seth Green. <laughs> he's, like, wannabe. Yeah, he is. He's just real annoying. Also, I can't really recall the soundtrack to this movie a ton. But it's a 90s teen horror movie, and the fucking offspring is in it, and it's Idle oh, Hands. Oh, and yeah, they play they play the uh, Want You Bad or whatever. Is that that one? No, that's on the American Pie 2 soundtrack. Oh, but they're... Oh, no, the one that Offspring plays in, like, they're in it. Yeah, Idle Hands. Oh, yeah, Idle Hands has Tom also, in the drive-thru, right? Or that's a different movie. Yeah, 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 Tom's in the drive-thru, Seth Green is in it with the bottle on his forehead and shit. Seth Green is, like, in everything good in the 90s. It's nuts. He was in the X-Files. He also is one of the writers of Robot Chickens, so that makes me think that Seth Green is a fucking weirdo. He's definitely a weirdo. I mean, he's awesome, though. So, shout yeah, out. Yeah, he is. Shout out Seth Green. I'm trying to think of some more solid soundtracks. That, I that soundtrack I sent you to that link to today. Um, there's this movie from the late 90s called God Money, and I've never seen it ever in my life. But I was at the library when I was like 11 or 12, and I saw this soundtrack on the CD rack, and I'm like, oh, this looks like scary. What's on it? And it's like MXPX and Slick Shoes and like Living Sacrifice and like, uh, like so Ignite, all your, all your not Ignite, bands. Strife, like all this, all these awesome like skate punk and hardcore bands. And I'm like, I'm absolutely going to check this out of the library and take it home. And because of that soundtrack, I found a shit ton of bands like Pulley and a bunch of other stuff. That's fucking like, really cool. You've never seen the movie, though? I've never seen the movie. And then, because uh, we were talking about doing this today, so at one point this afternoon, I'm like, thinking, what was that movie? I want to think about that soundtrack. And I like, 
I went to IMDb and read like the breakdown of that movie. I'm like, oh, this movie sounds bad. Like, I'm probably never gonna watch this. That's... But uh, the the soundtrack turned me on to so many awesome skate punk and hardcore bands. I was asking people on Twitter about this topic, and my my boy Jake Benich, our homie. Uh, Shout out guest one. Yeah, guest one. He he suggested Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius movie soundtrack. I I can't remember what's on that. And then somebody else brought up the Shrek soundtrack, like the original one. And I had no, and it's like it's dope. It's dope. I have it on. I got it on CD when it came out, and I saw that movie in the theater, and I was laughing my ass off when they brought it up because I'm like, I have it somewhere, and the disc is green and purple. It's Shrek's face. He's all like, you know. Mill made a crazy face if y'all can't see. Well, uh, I'm not saying if y'all can't see because you definitely can't yeah. see. But he just, made a tight ass face. We can start screen The Shrek face, like the Shrek stupid face. Yeah, so like, and that has like bad reputation and fucking like Smash Mouth. Dude, everything had all star by Smash Mouth, but Shrek is the one that people remember. Shrek's the one that took Smash Mouth, like, yo, this is the fucking song that we have. Fuck y'all. That song was on the radio non fucking stop for like seven years. I hate that song. Really? But also, I, I wish I wrote it. I have that record, Astro Lounge. I had on CD their first album. Maybe it might not be their first album, but the like one their first that? big album. Fush yeah. Shang. I had that on CD. That one, yeah, that was the one that had, like, um, what's the name of that hit off Walking that on the Sun. Yeah, walk, and they would wear bowling shirts and had, like, shitty The day I got that graphics. CD, I also got uh, East 19 Eternal by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Holy shit. What a fucking fantastic album. Still to this day, that album holds the fuck up. That's rad. Yeah. So yeah, yes. Shout out Shrek. Um, I, I want to watch Shrek soon. Shrek's actually really good. Yeah, I'm making waffles. Fucking <laughs> Oh Merry Men. Fucking Robin Hood just got a whole ass crew, like French Robin Hood. <laughs> Walk into like a jam or a bar and yell that and see how many people are like, yo! Okay. I feel like a lot of people would be like, what up? Let's like, do it! Sh- shout out Miss Your Hood! <laughs> so sick. Uh, the mid-90s soundtrack deserves a shout. Absolutely, it does. That's another, I, uh, That's another. not to cut you up, but that's another one where they got to, you know, do it in retroactively, reverse. Yeah, yeah, retroactively pick it, but uh... Right, I'm it's like the wedding it, singer, but... I'm looking at it now and I'm like... Damn, <laughs> uh, that's one mill I have to catch up on. You know what soundtrack? Have you seen that? Not yet. Oh my god, it's fantastic! I'm... You guys, for like of all the people I know, you guys will appreciate that movie probably more than anybody. I'm... It's such a fantastic movie. I'm like the worst at uh, keeping up with movies and TV shows. You know what um, movie soundtrack I got is like right when it came out when I was like ten that I couldn't wait for was Eight Mile. Spaghetti? Yeah. Because it had... Yeah, shout cause, out. Because at the time, it was like Eminem, 50 Cent, Obi Trice, like all that bullshit that was going on at the time. Shady Obi Trice, shout out D12. Yeah, and like, I remember Lose Yourself was the biggest fucking song ever. Yes, it was. And I was already I was already into Eminem at the time. Like, I had like the first three albums as a kid. I don't know why, how I got away with that as a young kid, but... Sure, I feel oh, that. Oh, I did that a lot. Also, another soundtrack I bought, like, around that same time that I'd never seen the movie was Cradle to the Grave. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, that that DMX Jet Li movie? Yeah, because it's got DMX, uh, <laughs> X Don't Give It To You, and, like, I was like, oh, this song kicks ass, I gotta buy this soundtrack. You know what's incredible about that, though? Uh, 
I totally believe like DMX doing that shit in real life. Yeah, me too. Like but that DM- doesn't like that that doesn't suspend my disbelief or whatever the saying is. I'm like, yo, I, I believe it. I remember going to Coconuts Music to buy that also, and I was like, this, um, Coconuts needs to fucking sponsor this show. I bought I bought <laughs> so many Coconuts. I bought yeah. so many CDs and cassettes at Coconuts Music, and I'm so I want to go leave a rose at that Chase Bank like on its grave. If we ever do, we, we talk about this every episode, but if we ever run merch, we need to do a rip of the Coconuts logo, but it says something about Johnny Chico. So, Sky Point. Sky Point. Um, like, I don't have enough hands to point. The uh, the mid-90s soundtrack, uh, Trent Reznor did, like, the score. Yeah, he did, and it's so good. It's um, fucking just guttural misery. I, I'm probably going to love it, but uh, I wanted to just bring you up... You will. I wanted to bring up... Do you guys have any recollection or just, like, notable ones where you know that, like, a band or artist did, like, the score? Um, no, but remind me, I have something to say about Trent Reznor after this. Cool. I'm pretty sure Arcade Fire did all of her. Arcade Fire also did the theme for Where the Wild Things Are. Well, they didn't do the theme. Just the theme for Where the Wild Things Are was an Arcade Fire song. Did they do all of Arcade Fire? In fact, that's Steve coming in real quick. I saw that movie in the theaters, but I never read the book as a kid, so I was, like, so confused. What do you mean? You didn't read Where the Wild Things Are as a kid? No. Yeah, they did the score. Um, also, I learned today, I was reading like, an article... music buying Cradle of the Grave. I was reading an article uh, <laughs> yes. about, like, leading up to the to the Bright Eyes album coming out. Uh-huh. And I didn't know this, but uh, you guys remember the movie The Fault in Our Stars? Nope. I remember hearing of it. I've never seen it. It's like I don't. I've never seen it. It's like it was a like suicide the, movie, right? I, no, I think it was like involving like someone who was terminally ill. Um, but the point is, uh, Nate and Mike from Bright Eyes did the score. Oh, oh, word! I did not know that. So I'm like, well, I want to hear it now, because um, they're just kind of talking about what everyone in Bright Eyes was doing while like Bright Eyes was like not a thing. Sure. And I was like, oh shit! Like they they scored a movie. That's really tight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what now about Trent Reznor? I was watching this thing about how when Kurt Cobain died, Courtney Love was like moving on and banging all these other rock stars, and Trent Reznor was like mortified of her, and he they like she was opening on Nine Inch Nails tour, and he put a fucking like restraining order on her. Word. And I'm like, Trent Reznor is the smartest man ever. I feel like I should really, really like Nine Inch Nails, and I like never given them a chance. They're okay. I actually, I'm in a similar boat because I understand how important and significant of a band they are, but also I kind of just don't give a shit. My thing with Nine Inch Nails is like, they get grouped in with a lot of music I like from that era, but they don't sound like it. Not at all. So it's kind of one of those things where like you're in the, like, I want to listen to 90s grunge or whatever the fuck, and you're like, oh, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, what have you, you know, Pearl Jam. Whatever. But then fucking yeah, and then you put on fucking you know, nine inch nails and it sounds like guys trying to light steel beams on fire and like screaming into the sun and whatever and you're like, alright. Like, I know some people record's gonna sound like I know some people who really like nine inch nails and I'm not dissing them, like they're cool, but like who really really like they have their fan base and it's like the same people who like tool a lot, you know what I mean? Oh my god, I could get into the tool forever. Like you, you I have, don't give a fuck about it's tool. Like you have to have two things that I don't have: an attention span and a drug problem. 
you know? <laughs> no, but... That's awesome. I mean, it's no, the, but it's that's the same like, thing with, like, fish. It's just the two sides of the same coin. Ugh. But respect. Fucking fish. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> Some kid in my high school had a fish tattoo, like the logo. This guy I work with is, like, obsessed with fish. I know who like, that he's, is. He's, like, traveled all over the country to fucking see him and shit. That's weird. I mean, yeah, cool. Like, that's something you like. That's tight. But, like, dude, I don't fuck with fish. I'm going to disappear real quick. Word, you want to take a pee break? Um, If you guys have to. Might as well. It wouldn't hurt. We're at, uh... We're almost at an hour. Yeah, so, yeah, let's chill for a minute. All right. Word. All right. <laughs> We're back from peeing, and uh, I took a shot of tequila also, so... We're still going to talk about soundtracks, but it might be more tequila based. That's you know what, and he's taking it from me because I can't drink. I'm on the wagon right now, so. Uh, shout out when Pee Wee Herman danced to tequila in one of those movies. Shout out when Pee Wee Herman got arrested for cranking in a porn theater. You know, that's what do I, you expect people to do when they're watching the, porn? That's the thing is like I get it, but at the same time, it's like why would you go there? Otherwise. Right, like, is that not a, like I've I don't understand why that thing exists because it's like yo crank in the privacy of your own home like a reasonable person, but also like if you're at a porn theater, isn't that expected? Yeah, it's kind of like it's one of those things. Like, what are they supposed to do? Go there and enjoy the film? Like, you're just gonna go watch this shitty fucking movie well, with I a heard, boner and I, not be psyched? I heard the soundtrack. I thought it might be good. Yeah, shout out porn soundtracks. <laughs> I just think of Chief Wiggum. In The Simpsons, catching a stag film. It's like, oh, is this a bust? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> He's in there eating popcorn. <laughs> so, we talked about a lot of movie soundtracks. Um, is there any other movie soundtracks that we missed that you fuck with heavy? Yeah, because um, it kind of ties back into Trent Reznor. Uh, okay. Nine Inch Nails were on Twin Peaks. And uh, the third season, they had like all kinds of artists play at the Roadhouse. No, I just think uh, the the Twin Peaks movie Firewalk with Me has an incredible soundtrack. Mm. I promise that, that within the next two weeks, I'm going to start Twin Peaks. Hell yeah! Okay, um, so if you saw Stolaway ever um, in the time period that we were doing this, I don't remember when we our intro used to be from that soundtrack. It was like a, is that what that intro was? Yeah, it was. Like did, old, did you ever have more than one intro? Probably, but we had, it was like a dude singing in like a high pitched voice about sycamore trees, and like it was all weird. Yeah, that was what the day I met y'all at the Moose Lodge. Yeah, so like our intro for like probably a year and a half or two years was this Twin Peaks thing, and then all those little things that we used in like the sound bites were Twin Peaks too. That's just our thing. But we only did a live intro once, and uh, during the time our set we opened with three eleven oh seven. Which is a song about our singer's house burning down and him like watching his house burn down. So I wanted to make a cool intro. So me and Chris sat down one day and we're like, hey, what do we do? He goes, dude, Google like a 911 call about a house fire. So I just found this this lady in panic. Like it was probably a really unchill thing to do. But uh, I found this lady in this panicked ass 911 call about a house fire. And I put this, this really somber like strings and droney synth behind it and we use that as our intro and it was actually really fucking cool okay so i I did the same shit with the twin Peaks sound clip so i got something that ties right into our podcast topic and that topic so what's good when i I was in set sale by the way i did this today i framed all my records i saw that and you're like is this home decor (laughs) it is home decor i think so 
when I was in Set Sail, we were playing a show at uh, another hole in the wall. And um, Sky we, Point. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And uh, <laughs> we were like, <laughs> it's like how you, I guess, the Sky Point to Big Shots. <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. But um, so we were doing this like live intro with the saw theme, or you know the piano thing, where it's like, dee, 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 like real creepy. Yeah. So uh, Phil didn't cut it on time, so we practiced it where it cuts off and it goes into this like breakdown. And if you watch, there's a video actually on YouTube still where we all turn around ready to play and it's not cut and it goes for like another minute. It just loops and we're all looking at each other like, what the fuck do we do? And then as soon as it stops, you're like, dun, 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 like whatever dumb breakdown we were doing. And I was just like, it's so embarrassing because we're like fucking doing this intro and then we all turn around and it's dun, 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 it like loops and we're like, what the fuck are we? Dude, I you love know. Phil. You know what? It was Phil's birthday the other day, and I didn't tell him happy birthday, and I feel bad as hell because it was the storm, and I, I should have... My Wi-Fi was all fucked up, and I, sh- I couldn't even text. Like, my phone was all fucked up, and then I just didn't tell him belated, happy belated. So, happy belated birthday, Phil. I'm sorry that I missed your birthday. Shout out, Phil. Phil uh, shout out, Jinko gang. Follow him on Twitch. Subscribe to him I on remember Twitch, uh, we were recording our first EP, and Darren did it, and... uh. Phil lived with him at the time, and we were there, and all I really remember from those studio sessions, I don't remember a lot because uh, the first session, Phil's parents came over, and they fed me and Phil and Josh a bunch of tequila. Hell yeah. Um, dude, Phil's parents are tight. Yeah, um, they're super cool. But I remember me and Phil Googling pictures of Jenkos and just being like super, super psyched on it. <laughs> And ever since every, all the three records we did with Darren, his he didn't really have a name for his like recording outfit, so we just called it Jinko Gang Studios. Oh my god! Uh, and that's all because of one time me and Phil getting drunk and just fucking being psyched on Jinkos. <laughs> Shout out Darren! Shout out Darren! Um, Darren's a really good dude. I miss him. He's a super nice guy. He's incredibly talented. He's an incredible vocalist. Darren's on this record with me. Darren's on, uh, um, he does the really, really heavy bridge in Three Hearts, One Blood. That's Darren. Yeah, so we, uh, we pretty much covered most of what we were going to talk about, but I, I think I, I had one question I wanted to ask both of you for answers. Sure. If you could pick one, any artist to do the score for any movie that's already, you know, been out. What? Who would you pick? I would want the RZA to score Rush Hour. <laughs> that's funny. that ain't funny. That's, that's for real. That's sick. Shout out Rush Hour. <laughs> Rush Hour is one of my. Um, actually, Sh- shout out Chris Tucker. <laughs> um, my like instrumental hip hop project that I do. Um, my second full length I ever released was a concept album about Rush Hour. Hell yeah! It's like I'm so, I'm still to this day so psyched on that. <laughs> that's really sick. That's actually incredible. I was really high, and I'm like, yo, this was like 10 years ago. And I'm like, fuck it, let's go, and I did it. And it that is really since cool. it was instrumental music, I couldn't do a ton conceptually. So the titles of all the tracks were just like weird, obscure quotes from Rush Hour, and I put a bunch of like samples from the movie. You just gotta, make it, you just gotta make it sync up to the movie like the Dark Side of the Moon does Wizard of Oz. And I did. I did try that. That's also probably but a pain I, in the ass. 
It was, and I wanted it to span all three movies, and I'm like, yo, I'm not making this fucking, like, seven-hour record. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I fucking, I can appreciate that. There's a couple other soundtracks I haven't touched that I love very much. Um, my favorite movie of all time by a giant fucking landslide. My, my absolute, if I could only watch one movie ever again, it's this. The, um, the soundtrack to That Thing You Do... It's oh, just like so- songs by like a fictional band. And huge sky point because the guy who wrote that song was the guy from uh, uh, what's their name? Stacy's mom. Uh, Fountains of Wayne. Yeah, he died. Just died uh, a couple months ago. Sky point he, for he sure. Al- he also, I believe, wrote 1985. That uh, Bowling for Soup. Yeah, I think he wrote that song. Or I maybe, or maybe the guy who wrote that wrote SR seventy one. I don't know. Either way, shout all out all those cause... bands like fucking Bowling for Soup and SR seventy one, like American Hi Fi, like all these fucking yeah. Fuck all those bands. They're all I don't like any of them. But uh, <laughs> that thing you do is like that means more to me than like literally anything that's ever happened in life. I like I love that movie so fucking much, and the soundtrack to that is all the songs by that band. And also, like, a bunch of other fictional artists who exist within that movie. And they're all really, really, really incredible songs. And also, the soundtrack to Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox movie. Yeah. It's just a bunch of, like, these hokey, like, 50s and 60s country songs that Judd Apatow wrote. (laughs) Judd Apatow, he also wrote all the Infant Sorrow songs, which is, like, the... The band that Russell Brand fronts and those couple of movies like Get Him to the Greek and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Judd Apatow wrote all these songs for those movies. And Judd Apatow is a phenomenal, phenomenal songwriter. Because some of the songs in those movies are fucking incredible. Like, performance-wise and the way they're arranged and produced and whatever, they're lame. But the song itself, like the chord structure and the melody, they're these beautiful, incredible songs. I think we already covered my favorite movies, Back to the Future. Actually, my favorite movie is Back to the Future 2. That's your favorite movie ever? Yeah, I think so. It's not as good as the first one, but just more, like, to me. Because I, I have a Back to the Future 2 tattoo. You do? I have the hoverboard. Um, well, all my favorite movies suck. So that's, no. one, that's one that you could qualify as a good favorite movie. Because I like, like, Hocus Pocus and Mighty Ducks and... What's on the Hocus Pocus soundtrack? Probably nothing, because they want it to be cheap and it's all stock. Shout out I would say shout out 90s Misfits, but oh, also oh, they fuck used, the 90s Misfits because Michael Graves is a fucking cock ring. They used that uh, one song that they probably had to pay royalties to, though. Um, I put a spell, put a spell on, on, you. on you. Yeah. They but, probably did. But also, they're like, hey, Bette Midler singing it, so fuck off. They're like, okay. Yo, Bette, Bette Midler kicks so much ass. Um, she does. Shout the Mighty Ducks. D- shout out the D2 soundtrack. Yeah, Mighty What's Ducks. What's on that? Um, they well, there's queens on it. They got the right. They paid for "We Will Rock You" and "We Are the Champions," which is probably big what's money. the song that those uh, those two dudes were like ripping in their okay. bedroom. Okay, it's really sick. So it's um, it's a cover of Bachman Turner Overdrive. Ain't seen nothing yet, but it's it's a '90s like nobody band that like nobody's ever heard of. Do you and, remember? When and then Bone I- Club. He sings Bone Club. Uh, when he's when he's like singing, don't you know that everything's don't on fire? Don't you know that's, that everything? That's yeah. a that's a shitty thrash band called that's a shitty thrash band called Bone Club, and he throws he throws a stick to the goes here you go, sweetie. Yeah, sing with me, Tex. <laughs> that's okay. That's Dude. my favorite movie of all time is D two. I like sequels. I don't know why. I like Austin of, Powers. No, because a lot of sequels aren't tight, but some sequels are so sick. Like um, 
Wayne's World 2, fucking amazing. Okay, well, this is what I'm going to say. I like sequels the best usually when there's three movies. If it's a, if it's a trilogy. So I, like, feel that, I feel that way about Scream. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I feel that way about Mighty Ducks. I feel that way about Back to the Future. I feel that Home way Alone. about Austin Powers. Home Alone. Uh, Home Alone has more, but I really only count the two. No, Home Alone 3 is a different fucking kid, so there's only two Home Alone movies. Home Alone, Home Alone 3 came out when I was like five. And because I think the first one's before I was even born. The, the second, first Home Alone came out in like 90 or 91. So the second one was right around the time I was born. But you grow up with those movies. But when Home, of Alone, Home Alone 3, I remember them playing advertisements for it when I was a kid. And I'm like, this looks like shit. Also, you know what came around around that time that I remember that they're putting up on Disney Plus soon that sucks? Mr. Hmm. Magoo. Yeah, that does suck. I'm going to watch it anyway. I feel that. I probably will too. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, a couple episodes from now, because it's already, what, like mid-August? So we have like three weeks until Halloween. the THPS drop. Oh, yeah. So we're doing that soon. That'll probably be an episode for our birthdays, since we have a birthdays a week apart. We do. We do. We'll have to get a cake. We'll get a cake. We'll get a fucking, like, what kind of cake can you eat? Oh, you're not a vegan. You're a vegetarian. We can eat any kind of cake. Yeah, put the eggs on the cake. I don't give a fuck. Yo, you don't like eggs. Fuck no, I don't like eggs. Eggs are disgusting and tr- trash people eat eggs. I'll probably, I like banana cake a lot. I fuck with banana cake. or I want to do like a, a Snickers pie. That's fair. We can talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get to because this could be a whole episode about cake and fuck all that. <laughs> um, you want to do some video game soundtrack shit? Um, I mean, I oh, real quick, uh, the uh, this is a score thing. Uh, Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead did the score for There Will Be Blood, really, and it's just like these like miserable detuned trumpets and shit. It's not, it's really minimal, but it's just this guttural agony. That's tight, though. That's the it actually is kind of stuck. Like, I want to walk into a room. And have these miserable, detuned Johnny Greenwood trumpets going off. So people are like, oh, fuck. Why is this happening? That's the kind of music I want to make. Just just completely demoralizing ambience. I want to make music that sounds like it's in Brink. Uh, to answer Mill's question. Yeah. Because they've the band themselves have uh, expressed interest in doing soundtracks. But uh, I would love to hear Loth do a movie. Which movie? Pleasantville. That's a great movie. <laughs> That's a great movie. That we we were uh, a while ago. We were shooting the shit. That'd be a great movie to rip off for a music video. It's a great movie. I really love that movie. Uh, I, uh, but I think Loth could really score like a a really heavy, miserable, aggressive movie, and it would be pretty awesome. Let's have here just because. Uh, just to kind of just to kind of bridge the gap, uh, I would love to see Loth score a movie directed by David Lynch. Okay, that's that's very valid. Definitely. I um, to answer my own question because now I didn't really give it much thought, but uh, I think I'd want to see like uh, probably a band like I don't I don't want like a pop punk band. I want, want more of like a thrashy or skate punk band like Lagwagon. I want them to score something like Goon. 
Like I want to, I want to just watch a hockey movie where I'm getting like D beats the whole time, and that sounds really like not that cool, but I just feel like that's what my brain is like twenty four. No, that would be, that'd be like watching the Mighty Ducks, but the whole score is like Punk and Drublick, and that would be awesome. But Goon is even like because you can say like it's like a more for adults, so they can say all kind of bullshit, and it's Sean William sure. Scott. So like I just love to hear like, you know. And be like, fuck off, and like hitting some dude, and you hear just fucking like, I'm on a train, yeah, some shit like that. I don't know. That'd be so cool. Um, cool. I mean, I don't really get much more. I'm not, I'm not the best with movies, so or video games. I'm actually worse with video games than I am movies. So whatever you guys got, I think I kind of touched on all the all the video game soundtracks. Uh, there. I mean, the THPS soundtracks really almost kind of shaped my taste in music heavily the and t- i know that i i speak for like most people between the ages of like 25 and 40 in that regard the shape of mill to come the shape of mill to come is just enema of the state <laughs> well, th- there's actually one there's actually <laughs> one i do have to shout out uh what up uh metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain word takes place in the 80s and kojima is a big fan of music from that time so uh, around the map, you can find like cassettes to put in your Walkman, and uh, it's like Rebel Yell and like Aha Take on Me and shit like that. Um, so it's really cool when you're like done with a stealth mission and you call in a helicopter and it's just blaring Take on Me. Which uh, that's awesome. I <laughs> the more I think about it, I do want Tony Hawk on vinyl. Absolutely. And also, uh, I was going to say, something else we used to do in Stolaway is Jake had the sound pad, so in denial, there'd be a space before a breakdown, and he'd hit the sound pad, and it was the Tony Hawk, like, the when you do a special trick, and it'd go, Da-dum! Yeah, it would be that. We had that come through the PA roll. That was cool. That is super, super cool. <laughs> also, Metal Gear Solid Five got me into Bowie with the man who sold the world, so shout out that soundtrack. Absolutely. Cool. But, so, uh, are we ready to move? Just kind of get closed out with what we're listening to. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Uh, whichever, whoever's ready. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll go ahead. Um, I'll, randomly, a lot of new music today. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of new music today. I've been listening to the Japanese. And it's a house Wednesday EP. The what EP? The Japanese house EP that she dropped. I don't know what that is. It's like, just like indie pop. Uh, right on. The guys from the 1975 produce it, but I just prefer it to the 1975. Um, Fair? Just, yeah, like it's cool just to kind of put on and hang out. And uh, Respect. Since last episode, I started binging on Julian Baker again. So that's always nice. And, that was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then that night. Not in, in real time, but to the, to the listener, it was a week ago. Okay, word, but, word, uh, fair, but, fair. Uh, but last night before I went to bed, uh, I listened to a whole live set and then woke up and listened to it again. Respect. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, today I listened to Beneath Medicine Tree by Copeland, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. Respect. Um, That might be all I listened to today. Oh, I also listened to 98 Mute today. Oh, sick. Shout out, skate yeah. punk as fuck. Skate punk is one of the only things I give a shit about besides like brink and coffee. And uh, I did listen to like like we said earlier in the show. I did listen to WAP. 
It's a great fucking song. I shout did out, not. Uh, shout out Meg the Stallion. So for me, um, I listened to. There's a new Teenage Wrist song that just came out called Silver Spoon. It's really good. It is really good. Um, so I, I listened to that. I like, like Teenage Wrist. So I listened to that new song like ten times, and then I listened to a bunch of other Teenage Wrist. There's a new Seaway song that's pretty good called Big. Is there? Yeah, I think it's Big Mood or something like that. Big Vibe. Big Vibe. It's also, it's the like name a, of their album. Super poppy, but it's really good. And then um, I listened to that a couple times. The Teenage Wrist song I listened to like ten times. And then I, of course, I've been on. I'm still listening to a ton of Mac. And then there was oh, I was listening to fucking um something else today that I wanted to talk about real quick. What was it? I'm looking on my phone right now. Oh, I was listening to a ton of Jimmy Eat World because last time I mentioned I was listening to Clarity. So I started yeah. I started watching like live videos of them playing Clarity songs, and then I went down that rabbit hole. Not that important for me to actually talk about, but I just shout out Jimmy Eat World. Clarity is an amazing album. It is an amazing album. That's I want I want there I want someone to make a movie based on that album. Like that could be the score. That could happen. So that's that's my closing thoughts. Word. All right, so uh, next week we'll have uh, something interesting for you guys. We'll probably be doing the uh, the sitcoms. Think yeah, that probably because I think we're gonna we're su- track that tomorrow, so it'll probably be up next week for we're, y'all. We're super prepared, clearly. Um, no, but for that one, we don't need any prep. We can talk about ninety sitcoms all day. So for fact, ass Steve, and for Larry the Printer, what up? Um. Mill. Millie. Now, I don't want to say Millie Vanilli because it's, like, lame, but yeah. I got to think of something tight. Well, until he does, I'm mil- uh, No, that's not tight either. I had something, but fuck it. All right. So, shout out. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Well, we won't see you, and you won't see us, but <laughs> you'll hear us. And we They'll will see us uh, around Halloween, and we will be heard. Yeah, at the, we're gonna set up a Patreon where we live uh, live stream us watching Hocus Pocus. Your people we're are gonna, gonna watch hear Hocus from Pocus my twice, and then we're gonna watch Halloween Town once, and then probably watch Hocus Pocus again. And it will be like an eight hour live stream, and it's going to be fucking dope. So until then, later. Peace, y'all. Wear a mask, please. For the love of fucking God, wear a mask. Wear I want to go to a concert. <laughs>